wonders. Can you eat a nettle? What food comes from the sea? Do potatoes like seaweed? Does honey come from bees? Ever wonder what to grow? Ever wonder what to sow? Let's get in the know. Let's find some pop wonders. Hello and welcome to Pot Wonders, where we have all the answers to the food questions you've been wondering about. I'm Warren, and I'm excited to head out and about to answer your questions. But first, to find out what you're wondering about today, let's check in with our roving reporter, Moses Murphy. You're listening to Pot Wonders, where we wonder about all things food, from sewing it on your plot to cooking it in a pot. Hi, I'm Moses Murphy. I like banana, potato and mango. And I'm Pot Wonders' roving reporter. And I'm hungry for answers. Answers to the questions you've always been wondering about. What food can we eat in winter? Well, one of my favourite things to eat in winter are potatoes. And I asked top chef and organic farmer Darina Allen what her favourite types of potatoes are. In the winter, I suppose my favourite varieties are Golden Wonder and Kerr's Pinks. Both of those are really, really good. In the summer, of course, I love the new potatoes like uh, Home Guard and uh, um, Sharps Express are another lovely one. Then there's Fingerling potatoes uh, that are called, they've got a funny name, they're called Pink Fear Apple, which makes it sound as though it's, it's a fruit. But they're what they call waxy potatoes or Fingerling potatoes. And uh, they're very knobbly in uh, a shape so sometimes they look like little monsters and my grandchildren love those as well They uh, and of course don't forget to eat them with some lovely butter and a little sprinkling of flaky salt uh, very good when you put some butter with the potatoes you see you can absorb all the nutrients from them now here's a little bit of science for you and it's a very important thing to know there are only two vitamins that are water soluble in other words that dissolve in water and that's B and C all of the other vitamins are fat soluble. So unless you have a little bit of fat and it could be butter or it could be olive oil or something with the rest of your food, you can't absorb all the nutrients from the rest of the food. So that's really important to remember. So when you have a little bit of butter with potatoes, you absorb all the goodness from that potato rather than just some of it. I feel a wonder bubbling in the pot. Time to check in with Moses to see what other pot wonders you have today. Here's the history bit with food historian Dr. Regina Sexton. What did our ancestors eat in winter? Long, long ago. Christmas, I suppose, is the feast or the festival when we think most about food because, you know, we think about special dinner and we think about getting all the stuff in for that special feast. Uh, long in advance so there's an awful lot of planning and thinking about it so it's probably the biggest food feast that we have in the year not just in Ireland but all all around the world so in Ireland the big thing was beef that was a special meat for Christmas but I suppose today when we think about our dinner at Christmas time we think about it's a big bird like a turkey or a goose but goose is not as popular as turkey now and this is really interesting because first of all there's interesting things about the big bird, because the big bird for Christmas today is we rear turkeys in Ireland now, but the turkeys had to come in from somewhere else. They weren't native here. And again, the turkey is native to America. If you think about the Christmas dinner, the turkey comes out 
onto the table in a big platter, a big plate. And there's a big sense of ceremony and occasion with bringing the turkey into the table and putting it on the table and then carving it all. And what this remembers is what big feasts were like in the medieval times. Because in medieval times, when they had feasts, they had lots and lots of food. But the ones that they wanted to make the table special were all the big birds. Things like herons and cranes and peacocks and swans. So these are big spectacular things to bring out to the table. And this is what we do today. We remember that kind of custom where we still want to have a spectacular big bird on the table. And that's an imported tradition. And the turkey comes from, from America. And the idea of medieval feasts is something we would have remembered or inherited from the past. But if you think about a lot of Christmas food as well, the things that people wanted for Christmas were maybe the foods that wealthy people had. So wealthy people always have access to all different sorts of novel and exotic foods. And maybe ordinary people don't have those. But ordinary people want to have those special foods for special times. And the foods that were special for people maybe 100 years ago were spices and sugar. And they were expensive. So they wanted foods that had a lot of spices in them. And they wanted to have foods that had a lot of sugar in them. So the things that have a lot of spices and sugar are ones that we still eat at Christmas. Things like Christmas cake or Christmas pudding, because that is fruit and spices and sugar. And it's kind of the memory or the idea of a special food, even though nowadays spices are cheap but, and sugar is cheap. It still remembers a time when these were expensive luxuries, really exotic, important things. So that's where our, our Christmas food traditions come from. And a lot of them as well would have come in from England, like the Christmas pudding is kind of English and the Christmas cake is kind of English. The turkey comes from America. Irish people wanted to have beef. Uh, lots of people in Ireland now who are not born in Ireland, maybe their parents are coming from Europe and things like that, they have fish. And I suppose the other thing that's different for us is that we have our big dinner on Christmas Day, whereas other people have their big dinner on Christmas Eve. But through all that kind of celebration and good times, you also have to be thinking ahead to the hard times of winter, the hungry months of winter. And that's what milk does. It allows you to make cheeses and it also allows you to make butter. And butter is brilliant because butter is literally the fat of the land. So what happens is the cows eat the grass and the grass is the land. So the cows eat the grass and then we milk them. And if you let milk sit for a few days, what will happen is the fat will rise to the top and the fat in the milk is cream and cream is beautiful. And what happens if you take all the cream off the milk and then you do what people thought was magic, you shook it up and you agitated it inside that churn, which was like a wooden vessel. So you had the wooden vessel, you had cream and you had action of shaking and the three things came together and they performed magic. And what they did in the churn was they separated into two things. They separated into a big lump of fat, which was butter. And they separated into liquid, which was buttermilk. So the fat in the churn was the butter. And it came from the cream. And that was really precious. And if you put salt into it, the salt will preserve it. So if you mix salt into your butter, you get salty butter, which is what we like in Ireland, and you can keep it. Whereas if you have butter without salt, it'll kind of go a bit sour after a bit of time. But if you put salt into it, you'll stop that happening. 
so that salt was extremely important for preserving things. But then what would happen if you had loads of milk and loads of cream from the cows and you had no salt? In Ireland, what people did was, if they needed to preserve their butter, they'd have to come up with other ways of preserving it. And in Ireland, then what you have is bog butter, whereby they'd make the butter and they might put it into a wooden vessel or they might wrap it in straw or cloth and they put it into bogs. And what happens, you see, is in the bog, the bog is a very special place because no air gets in. It's anaerobic and it will preserve things. So you might put your butter in the bog and you have to remember where you put it and you'd come back and maybe take the butter out. And in Ireland, because there's so many bogs on the landscape, on the land, people have been finding bog butter for hundreds of years. And in the museums, there's huge collections of bog butter and you can go and see them. And one of the places where you can see bog butter would be in the museum in Dublin or the Butter Museum in Cork. And they've got a bit of bog butter because of the the land and the farming in Cork. What Cork does really well and what the farmers do really well in Cork is that they produce a lot of dairy cows because the land is very good for keeping cows for milking. And if you have loads of cows for milking, you are going to get a lot of milk and you're going to get a lot of cream so you can make a lot of butter. So what happens is that Cork becomes a very important place for butter and not just for butter for people to eat. And this is the important point. It's, it's Cork becomes a very important place where, where you can send butter out of Ireland and send it around the world and sell it. And then you get more money coming back into Ireland because you're trading in food. And that's what Ireland does up to the present day. It trades an awful lot in food, it produces food to trade it, to give it to other places. Time to head to Paddy's Plot to see what's growing. Paddy's Patch! Hello, my name is Paddy and I like to grow my own fruit and vegetables along with flowers and herbs here on my little allotment in Malahide beside the sea. What to plant? Garlic and winter lettuce or root vegetables and onions? What to harvest? carrots and beetroot and a lot of other root vegetables and even some potatoes. I like to cover the bare soil and the empty beds with compost or horse manure to get it ready for planting again next season and sometimes I even try to cover it with some newspapers or cardboard and that'll keep all the nutrients and the bugs nice and warm and ready for planting next spring. You could also build a bug hotel. You can make that out of old sticks of acorns, pine cones and some toilet roll holders. And that's great for giving all the ladybirds, butterflies and bees somewhere warm and dry to stay over the wintertime. At wintertime, I love growing beetroot. It's probably one of the hardiest vegetables that you can grow. And around the same time is when I like to plant my garlic garlic loves when you plant it before the winter time mainly because it needs a bit of frost and a cold spell to help it start its growth and help it start its life so winter time the garden doesn't shut down altogether there's lots you can plant like the onions like the garlic and the beetroot as well so here is where i grow the beetroot and you can see the leaves are sticking up already some of them have been nibbled by the pigeons and by the slugs but the majority of them are okay the leaf looks like it's kind of curled up Uh It, the, the root of it is um, purplish. Uh-huh. And you can see there's veins going through it as well. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's green purple leaves veins. Here. Purple veins, that's right. Green leaves and purple veins. And you know, if you can, you can pick the baby leaves here. I'm going to pick this here. 
pick this baby leaf here and this can be used in salads. So you don't mm. have to just eat the beetroot fruit itself that's underneath the ground, yeah. the root vegetable. You can eat beetroot leaves in your salads. We have a little taste. Yeah. yeah. We'll give one to you, Addison, and then some Thank to you, you, Freya. Thank you. And we'll all have a taste together. And it has a slight taste of beetroot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Doesn't it? It's very nice. It, yeah. Because it's like the same as beetroot, but it's not the same as no, beetroot. It's great, isn't it? So, yeah. So from one plant, the beetroot, you can get two different things. One, you can eat the beetroot itself. Mm -hmm. And two, you're able to eat the leaves as well. So what I love doing with beetroot as well, you can do so much with beetroot. You can juice it. And I also love to roast the beetroot. It tastes gorgeous. Or you can even make beetroot crisps. Oh uh, my uh, God. Uh, beetroot yeah. so we, crisps. I know. So when we harvest <laughs> these at the end of summertime, we'll make beetroot crisps in your kitchen, okay? Yeah. Deal? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to show you something here. This is amazing. What? So years ago, yeah. when people didn't have makeup, they used beetroot as lipstick and as blusher for their cheeks. Can you I can see it? how purple that is there. So if you just rub that on your finger, oh, you should, oh, Addison's trying. rubbing it on her cheeks. She wants some blusher. Yeah. How does it look? It looks quite purpley, as if you're you pinched your cheeks and you look slightly embarrassed, but you look lovely. <laughs> what do you, you can rub it onto your palm of your hand and tell me what colour yeah. is coming onto the palm of your hand? Pink. It's a pink that is kind of purplish, mm -hmm. but it's pink more. Definitely is. Definitely is. So remember, beetroot, that's three things now. Yeah. We can use the we can eat the beet itself, yeah. we can eat the leaves, and then we can use the plant as makeup. Making a bug hotel for insects in winter is a great idea we got from Paddy's Patch. So I checked in with some of our friends at GIY's Grow HQ to talk about bugs and bug hotels. Well my design is um, a ladybird house and there's polka dots on the top and that's really it. And why do you like ladybirds? Because they eat all the leaves and they're colourful and then you know what age they are when you have the dots. So the more dots they have, that's how you know their age? So if there's five on one side and there's five on the other, that means they're ten. That's very clever. Okay, I never knew that. Now I learned something new now. And you're doing the same. Are you doing matching ones? Uh, not really. We Just happened by accident? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite insect? Ladybirds for me, yeah. What's, oh yeah, what's yours? Mine is probably butterflies. Why is that? Because they're colourful and I just like them. They start as, out as a caterpillar and then they go into a cocoon and they turn into butterflies. So they're kind of like two insects really, aren't they? Yeah. And anybody here like bees? Yeah? Why are bees important? Because they give pollen to us and they, they suck up all the pollen from the flowers. Um, they bring it around, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and what does that do? Um, it makes honey. Yeah, and it helps make new flowers, doesn't it? Yeah. Pollen is like a seed that goes around, yeah. yeah. What are you up to over here? I'm painting my um, ant house. Oh, it's an ant house. Well, you get lots of ants in there. There'd be thousands of them. Why do you like them? Because, like, they hide and sometimes you can't find them because they hide. Time to check in with the Science Buds to find out more. On Pot Wonders today, we're thinking about what happens in the winter time. I know a lot of plants stop growing, don't they? Yeah. 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 And animals, they need to keep warm, don't they? So some of them hibernate 
and some on our farms and things, they go indoors a bit, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And farmers have often saved up a lot of food like hay and things for their cows to feed them during the winter when there's not a lot of grass. Yeah. That's what they're doing when they're cutting the hay in the summertime. So if we're thinking about cows, what kind of food can we get from cows? Um, milk. Very good. Um, cream. From cream from the milk. Very good. Butter. What about butter. Very good. And do we get that from the milk too? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's do a science experiment where we make our own butter. What do you think? Sound like a good plan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have some cream here. The cream is actually made up of a lot of tiny little droplets of fat, okay? And the rest of it is mainly water. Now, usually if we mix fats or oils with water, they separate, don't they? Did you know that? They make two little layers. But because these little droplets of fat are so tiny, they're able to float throughout the whole of the water. But what we're going to do is we are going to try and separate the fat part from the watery part. How about it? Sound like a plan? Okay, so I have a jar here and we're going to pour some of the cream into the jar. So Rowan, will you pour some cream in? Okay. So it's easy enough to do this and you can use any size container. This one is a glass. It's like an old jam jar. But we will add just a tiny little pinch of salt because I like my butter with just a pinch of salt. So Fia, would you like to take a little pinch of salt there? Good girl, and pop it in our cream. And I put the lid on, nice and tight. And how are the muscles? Because we're gonna have to do a lot of shaking, okay? Because those tiny droplets of fats don't separate too easily, we're gonna have to encourage them. And we do that by shaking. So how about we each have a go? Rowan, you have a shake there. Okay. Oh, I like your style. Even your hair is shaking. Okay. Fia, let's see your shaking style. Fia's going for the up and down. Does it sound the same or different? Sounds a bit different. Okay. Well, let's have a look and see what's happening. Hmm. It's still cream, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it's got a little thicker. And that's why you heard a different sound. But we need to keep going, don't we? Lid back on, nice and tight, and I'll have a go. You have to do a lot of shaking when you're making butter. Hmm, the sound has changed. Let's see what it looks like now. That's what do you think? Um, it's like when you're cooking and you have to put butter in the microwave and it melts. So you think it looks a bit like melted butter? Yeah. It's not like fully cream, it's kind of gone together and it's kind of hardened. So it's looking good, but I think we need more shaking. What do you think? Yeah. 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 Lid back on. There's Hmm. barely any sound. There's hardly any sound from it anymore. Aha. Let's open it up and see how it is now, Fia. Oh, it's like butter. Oh, yeah. It's getting close to butter, but I still think it looks a little bit soft. Will we keep going another while? Yeah. Lid back on. Let's shake, shake, shake. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Okay, Fia. Still no sound there, Rowan. Will we check it? Yeah. It looks more like butter when it's not cut. Okay, what do you think, Fia? 
nice. It kind of looks like a cloud, like loads of clouds. Nice descriptions, you two. I think another little bit of shaking. We're nearly there, okay? Lid back on. It sounds kind of like something's hard in there. It's something like hard in there. Flop, like going up and down and up. It is starting to sound kind of like there's something flopping around inside. Oh, I can hear a difference. Do you hear that? Yeah. What do you think that sounds like? It sounds like a hard thing in liquid. Oh, that could be a clue. Yeah. Let's take a look. Ooh, look at that. The butter is formed, but all the milk came off. So the butter is formed, but it's sitting in a liquid now, isn't it? Yeah. I think it looks like if someone spilt their milk on their butter. So remember I said at the start, when it was cream, but I said actually it's made up of two main things, tiny, tiny drops of fats. Huh? And mainly water. So what's happened is all those tiny drops of fats have stuck together and they've made our butter. And the liquidy bit, that's what we call buttermilk. Mmm, I love making pancakes with buttermilk. So maybe we'll keep that bit. Okay, I think we have made pretty cool butter. What colour is it now? It's yellow. It's much more yellow, isn't it? Yeah. Like butter. Okay, guys, so I think it's time to get some nice fresh bread and a knife and test our butter. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's go. We always learn so much from Dr. Naomi Lavelle and the science buds. Now, back to thinking about winter. Winter is a time where things slow down. But have you ever wondered? What does slow food mean? Well, our slow food expert, Chef Darina Allen, will explain all. You all know what fast food means, but I bet you don't know what slow food means. And it's the coolest thing to be a slow foodie. So I'll tell you what you're looking for. You're looking for lovely fresh food, probably food that's in season, food that grows locally. And, you know, this is the kind of food that when you eat it, uh, it actually makes you feel really good. Uh, and you'll be feeling like jumping out of your skin with energy and vitality. Now, there's other good things about slow food. Slow food is food that is not highly processed or it's usually just fresh and also the way this kind of food that I'm talking about is produced uh, is it's uh, the animals are treated fairly and looked after really really well uh, it also uh, we look after the environment and also the, the farmers and the food producers who produce this food are paid a fair price for the work they put into it and then they can actually produce wholesome nourishing food that makes us feel well and healthy instead of doing us a damage as indeed quite a lot of the super processed food that's available to us nowadays instead of uh, nourishing us it actually sometimes makes us ill so this is the kind of food that you want to uh, make sure that you can find uh, to eat. And also another really good thing is if you're wherever you're living to think about as, buying as much food that's grown locally in your area or in Ireland for that matter. It doesn't all have to be uh, from Ireland. But when you buy local food, what you're doing is you're supporting local farmers and food producers. You're supporting your local community, keeping the money uh, in your area. And that can make a huge difference to your neighbours and to local farmers.
So Slow Food is an international organisation. There's members from all over the world in about 150, 160 countries. And it's made up of people like you and I who really are looking to find the most delicious and the most uh, nourishing food. And the philosophy of Slow Food could be summed up in just three words, good, clean and fair. So the food... um, should be good for you and taste absolutely delicious as well. It should be produced in a clean environment that doesn't in any way damage the local environment and uh, enhances it. And also the last uh, is fair. And we feel very strongly that farmers and food producers who produce really good, nourishing, healthy, wholesome food should be paid a fair price for what they do. And indeed, the people who work on the farms equally should be looked after well uh, and should be paid a proper wage for their work. Feeling nosy? Well, hold on to your snouts, because it's time for the Guess the Smell quiz. Hi, we're the Taste Buds. I'm going to give you a couple of things to try now. But you're not going to taste them with your mouth. You're going to taste them with your nose. You're going to smell them. It's the Pot Wonders Guess the Smell quiz. (laughs) So, I'm going to put items in front of you. You're going to have your eyes closed and your nose open. And you're going to guess what the item is. Then I'm going to let you open your eyes and see if you can get more clues from looking at the thing that you see. But your first guess is with your eyes closed. And your second guess is with your eyes open. But you're not going to taste these things, you're just going to smell them. Are you ready for the challenge? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a good sense of smell? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Lola's not too sure, Kayla's pretty sure. Okay, so let's get started. Eyes closed. No peeking. Now you can hear with your ears. Yes, I can. This is something that makes noise. I'm going to put it in front of your nose there, Lola. Have a sniff. And have a sniff, Kayla. Now, what do you think that is? Pepper. Pepper? Uh. It looks like peppercorns, but they're kind of a lighter colour than that. But it's not pepper, but it is something you use to give flavour to food. Any answers? (laughs) Do you want to have a look? Open your eyes. They look like small nut things or something. They're not nuts. They look like... What else do they look like? Do they look like anything you might plant in the garden? Any guesses? Um, are they like apple seeds or something? Not apple seeds. You use this in curries and hot food, spicy food. Uh, I've heard a word before. I just can't remember what it is. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to get an answer from you. Any guesses? No guesses? That is no, called coriander like, seed. I knew it was started with C, but I didn't know what the word was. Ah, oh, so close, but yet so far. I had no idea. How did I? Now it's time for the next one. So I'm going to let Lola smell first and then Kayla. Big sniff. Oh, she's not impressed by that one. It's quite a strong smell. Okay, what do you think that is? It smells like a liquid something. I don't know. Mint or something? Mint or something. Do you think it's something you've smelled maybe in baking or cooking before? Uh, could I smell that again? Absolutely. Another big sniff. Do you want another smell, Kayla? Uh, okay. 
No guesses with the eyes closed. Do you want to have a look at it? Okay. Okay, eyes open. Oh. Oh, uh, brown sugar? No, not brown sugar. It does Is look it... like brown sugar. It's a powder and it's kind of a yellowy brown colour. A uh, light brown, brown flower? Do you no. put, I think you like put it in like a type of cake or something. You do? My mum put this in the cake before. I forgot which one I want. Maybe a cake that you, a cake that you eat in winter time? Ginger? Yes! Well done. That was great. It is ginger. Ground ginger. Thanks a million taste buds. See you again. Today's recipe is winter cinnamon popcorn. The perfect gift for a friend. Get some help from a grown-up and start melting some butter in a saucepan over a low heat. Always remember, never go near a cooker unless supervised. Add some sugar, water, vanilla extract, cinnamon and salt. Cook and stir the butter mixture over this low heat until the sugar is dissolved. Pour this mixture over some popcorn and mix around until all your popcorn is coated. You can eat it this way or bake your popcorn in the oven on a parchment lined baking tray for 10 minutes at 175 degrees Celsius to dry the mixture onto the popcorn. If you're making microwave popcorn, you can just pour the mixture into the bag and shake, shake, shake until the popcorn is coated. Mmm. Another winter treat idea is warm apple juice with cinnamon and ginger. Place apple juice in a jug with lemon rind, ginger and two cinnamon sticks. Leave to infuse for an hour, then transfer to a saucepan. Heat gently and strain into heatproof glasses. Place a cinnamon stick and an apple slice into each glass and serve warm. If you're looking for another gift idea, why not use an orange? Take some cloves and press them into the orange and it will give a lovely festive smell. Let's take a time out together before we eat. Today we're talking about winter foods. So, sitting comfortably, close your eyes and picture winter in your mind. What does it look like where you live? Is it rainy and windy? Are the trees bare? Is it cold enough to freeze or snow? Brrrr. There aren't many animals about, are there? They're snuggled up warm somewhere. Hey, why don't we snuggle up and get warm? Wrap your arms around yourself like you're giving yourself a big hug. Pat your arms and rub up and down so that you feel the blood flowing in your arms and it makes a warming effect. Now, take a deep breath in and out. I feel warmer already. Now we're ready to eat. Bon appetit. That's all the pot wonders we have for today. All this talk of food is making me peckish, so I'm off to see what's in the pot for lunch. Catch you next time for more Pot Wonders. This series was made with the support of BAI Sound and Vision Funding.